What is happening, party people? Uh, today, I'm hosting. Trevor's gone. No, he's downstairs. But he's handed over the microphone to me. And we got an uh, interesting topic t- today here. We have how our products are made. Or more importantly, what what do we do here? Like, what do, what do we do? So, uh, I'm Tyler. We got... I'm Bo. And I'm Alex. And then... Uh, Mr. Mr. McClure here. Uh, he's, he's lost some weight. In action. He's lost some weight. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has lost a good amount of weight. Yeah, he has. He's a slim good. guy now. He's looking looking better. I found every bit he lost and picked it right up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone talks about the ZZP15, and somehow I've lost weight since I've gotten here. So I'd say I'm doing all right. <laughs> doing great. <laughs> so I guess uh, we'll start off with. Uh, you know, us three, mm. Alex and I sit in on the R&D meetings every week, and we're part of that. Bo, now being Install Bay Manager, has made only his missed, way. I've only missed one R&D meeting since. Yep, yep. He's made his way into them as well. Uh, so I guess that, that kind of gives you guys a sense of uh, what yeah. we, every, how we go about things. Every Tuesday, we, uh, you know, group of people within ZZP sit down and uh, just kind of hash everything out, talk about problems, talk about good things, talk about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, just, you know, collectively we're, everybody's busy doing their own thing during, during the week. And it's really uh, fresh to come together, just sit down for an hour, hour and a half and uh, have a list of stuff you're pissed about, have a list of stuff that, yeah. you know, you want to make happen. <laughs> and uh, it, it lasts anywhere from an hour to three hours, you know, and it does. <laughs> About. <laughs> well, <laughs> every time, Dude, you know what? I was just we, Al was referencing the other day how many times we came close to the, the max limiter. Yep, and I'm like, we give Tyler a lot, of that, but let's you know, there, there is some credit there for there is one thing he does well, <laughs> and that's getting as close to the line as possible because if you hit it. It's full, full off, <laughs> full off. You're not making it back. Yep. But uh, so at this point, we've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're closing in on almost a dozen people in this R&D meeting. And it's not everyone's an engineer here. We have, uh, I guess, what you'd say two or three dedicated engineers. where That's in their title. But we all kind of do a bit of everything like we've always talked about. So we've got people like Al, who does does a lot of the tuning and kind of more obscure R&D things. Uh, you've got Alex, who mm-hmm. has been an exhaust specialty person for us for the last few years. Uh, but he has his hands in 10 other buckets as well. So we get a real diverse look at problems. We have all levels of skill and uh, knowledge and experience, too. I mean... Me and you have been in R&D meetings for a couple of years now, and then you've had uh, Matt Meekoff, who's been there since day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think the the variance of skill set in the meeting is what brings such mm-hmm. value to it. The difference of opinion: you've got CNC guys in there, you've got two bender guys in there, you've got tuners in there, you've got people with lots of just general wrenching on car experience, mm-hmm. uh, and that bringing all that together really kind of helps us bash out yeah it does really help having so many different perspectives all in one meeting because you look at 
say GM, for example, and you always hear about the the two sides of a product or a engine, for example, you have the engineers made it this way because they think that that's the best. But then you have the mechanics who bitch about, uh, you know, a starter being in the V of an engine or, you know, some stupid thing that you've got to go through 14 other steps. So if you have someone like me who has no engineering background is like, okay, I've worked on some cars. I know that this sucks to do. How, how do we make that better? Yeah. Uh, and then you've got like Tim C who can look at it from a more analytical There's standpoint. There's Jeff. Bing bong. Bing bong. Literally just yesterday, me, me, Tim, and Alex were hashing out a new product and a 3,800 product. So, you know, I had Tim, my... Tim, Alex, and I. <laughs> Tim, Alex, and I were hashing out a product. So I had my two cents in the bucket and uh, Tim's like, well, I want to do it this way. And Alex is like, well, I want to do it this way. I'm like, well, no, I want to do it this way. And we did that for like five or to seven minutes and you know and then all of a sudden we all came together on the perfect solution that suited basically everybody's needs Mm -hmm. was something that we hadn't individually none of us had thought about or even would have thought about but because we all argued for about five minutes (laughs) we now have the perfect solution to the only piece we were missing to this new product it's gonna be awesome and it's it's doing more than what the one piece does you know, it's kind of got two jobs, and it's it's just uh, yeah, the different aspects that everybody mm-hmm. brings to the table is really what. Uh, what what were you guys working on? Can you say? Uh, I mean, I the... could, but I uh, there's no reason to. Because <laughs> then everybody will complain because yeah, it's not out yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Thirty hundred boys are going to buy it anyway. So, and I think the one of an, another awesome advantage of of our team coming together is often. The touching on the point you were just saying, you have engineers and mm-hmm. then you have the guys that do the work. Well, if you bring the guys together, the yeah. engineers are also doing the work and the guys doing the work are also doing engineering. Uh-huh. You get rid of that, oh, this sucks to do or I've, I've the engineer has installed the part. So they uh-huh. know it's terrible to do. Um, I would say though, we, there's always like a generic baseline of fundamentals that yep. we go by, which are, we always want to make parts that are as easy as possible to install, they're platform specific. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be affordable. Yes. That, we are laid down on that. And that's often where the hashing out comes in, uh-huh. built on those foundational points. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, could we make one more piece out of billet? Sure. And it would look Always. great, but it costs time. It costs money. Our CNC machines are always backed up. So then that's another thing uh, that m- many people don't think about. We have a CNC lathe and uh, why can I never think mill? And, um, you know, they're they're always in use. They're always running. So all the time when yeah. we're coming up with a new product and we say, oh, yeah, some billet stands on this would be great. It's like, yeah, it would. <laughs> but when are we going to fit that in? Yeah. So much to the point, I'm not a CNC guy, but I literally get running in the morning just because, you know, every minute we can have them run yeah. production a little bit longer. Yeah. And also it makes it very difficult to do prototyping because every time we're doing prototyping, no production is happening. Yep. You got to change yeah. setups and clamps and I don't know, yeah, technical I, CNC terms. <laughs> I haven't been able to f- uh, focus my brain as much lately on uh, research and development related things, but uh, I have... S- running the install bay i have i've seen the end result now more than i've seen the mm-hmm. the the beginning of it yep. so um one thing i think we're really good at around here is we're always improving and picking up 
you know, you know, we've had this product out for two or three years, but let's let's make a change to it, yeah. a small change, and you know, we'll implement that from here on out, and it's a better product than it was even before. And um, you know, well, that's one of my favorite parts about having the install bays right alongside the engineering. Yes, yes, because like literally, there is a shelf that <laughs> yeah. separates where the parts are made and where they're put on. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the, <laughs> it's not it's not uncommon for Chris over here to be putting a part on, and he's he's like he, this sucks. He's, he's he's three hurt knuckles into it, and he's just like over at you know Tim C. Like, hey, what's up, man? This is this is for lack of better terms, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know we we go off of that. So it is really I do enjoy um, seeing all the parts. You know, being assembled because before I was just putting on 3,800 parts. Now I'm very involved in all the platforms. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the strength of ZZP. It's like everything we're making, we're installing on vehicles. It's yeah. not make, oh, we've test fitted it once on a vehicle and then we ship it out. We, the install bay is full all mm-hmm. the time. We got six bays. Always cars. All our platform cars are in there, and we're we're installing the parts. And, and we're we're always yelling at each other because there's no bays available to yeah, yeah. to try your other thing. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that's you know getting into uh, one interesting topic that we'll, we can all share is you know how did you come into R and D and how did you start into the product development process? And my original thought was. Uh, right after the pandemic, I was doing a lot of customer service and I kept seeing these issues come in over and over and over again. And I would, I was doing live chats and I was talking with these guys and they would bring up issues. And then I thought, well, you know, there's no one in R and D at least at that point, two years ago that heard these complaints from customers. At so, least not, not directly. Yeah, not directly. Because uh, it, it can get lost. You know, you write your note down and say, hey, let me talk to XYZ about this. And, you know, it might not never happen. So I thought, okay, well, that'll be my kind of foot into the door. So I just showed up to the R&D meeting one day and I sat down and Tim C looks over and he goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does to everybody. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that was a good start of, hey, these are some issues. Let's work on you know, going from there. And then down the line, I started working on suspension stuff and coilover stuff. And here we are. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about race team things as well, you know, cause I mean, our race team is probably what we, uh, um, design a lot of our parts around and push the furthest on our race applicated vehicles, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of like your Camaro this year and yep. you're going to be driving that a lot. Um, so, you know, we're always talking about racing plans. What's Al's doing this weekend? Who's going to the track? You know, um, Matt's going to the track with this car. What are we taking? What are we testing? What are we pushing? So it's, yeah, I think it's engineering and race team all in one. I mean, mm-hmm. that meeting is just, it's, it's great for everybody to come together on all aspects of what we're doing at the time. And the race team brings out the biggest problems because we go out there, we push the cars, we break things. Yes. And then we come back and we go, okay, this keeps breaking. Uh, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, what's great is we have a, obviously a fleet of vehicles here that have our parts on and it may not be seen as so great. Everyone who drives them beats the life out of them. But <laughs> yep. at the same time, it's really good because it, it gives us a chance to get hundreds and and always ideally thousands of miles yep. on products mm-hmm. and they're hard miles like I'm thinking of the blue sonic right now <laughs> anyone who drives yeah. that thing rips the life <laughs> out of it <laughs> yeah that's a great example why are used the- a quarter of a tank ripping on that thing yesterday <laughs> why are the one fours the ones that always get beat the living piss out of <laughs> yeah 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 that car that car has been 
you know, we've been working on parts for on that car for a year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's we've driven it to the track. We run world record times with it. We drive it home. Al takes it to Indiana that night. <laughs> like, we drive yeah. it back and <laughs> shoot. Yeah, like that car is either getting beat, raced, or tested on. Yep. Yeah. At all times. Yeah, all the it's time. Like, yeah. It's like let's let's the let's make a quarter mile record run for an automatic one four, and then let's. Let's see how good a gas mileage we can get right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally right afterwards. Yeah. yeah, leave the track and head on home. And that's you know what we want to offer you guys is, for example, the te- the prototype products that are on the one four. You know they've been on there for a year. They've mm-hmm. been completely abused. It gives us that reassurance that when we're releasing them to market, you guys can have that confidence that we have tested them extensively, abused on them. And any issues would have come up in that time, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and, I know the, a lot of the Cruise Sonic guys have been really chomping at the bit waiting on this new turbo that we've been ooh. talking about for over a year. <laughs> yep. But the reason we've been talking about it for over a year is because we're making sure that it is ready to go. Yep. And a, a, on a very price-conscious platform, a turbo that, I mean, it's going to be in ZZP fashion as cheap as we can make it so it's affordable but it's still going to be a big upgrade so we want to make sure that if people are dropping this coin on it you know they're going to love it that's an important thing to bring up coin money and that's where I think it's an interesting side of our engineering department is trying to make stuff repeatedly and Mm -hmm. for as cheap as possible it's hard, man. It is hard. It's really hard to do that. You've got to utilize all different types of equipment and you, everything from the guy welding the parts together to the original design. It's It's got to be as efficient as possible. And that really takes some thought. It does. And you've brought a great deal of that to the table with uh, just the overall price uh, like overviews. You know, you're looking over products that we haven't done price overviews in a while and mm-hmm. uh the processes that go into, especially fab, uh, like our new ATSV V2 downpipes. You know, you looked at the existing product that we were making and said, okay, where can we cut seconds out of? And while making one downpipe, a couple seconds doesn't seem like that much time. When we are making hundreds of them, it's going to cost mm-hmm. us money and cost the customers money. Yeah. So Yeah, and as soon as they're done welding ATSV downpipes, they can get on, this, on uh, you know, 3,800 guy stuff that they've been waiting for. So it's, <laughs> it all works out. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you you have I, done I a think great job the, doing that. The key word or key phrase of describing like the core of our R and D is cost effectiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just about finding the cheapest way to do something. It's the, the cheapest realistically reasonable way. Mm-hmm. And like and it, to still make a good product. Right. It's it's understanding when good enough actually is good enough. Yep. Like they're I don't know. Well, just to pull an unrelated <laughs> example, like if you just want nice wheels for your daily driver, then some like drags are fine. Yeah. If you're out road coursing on the complete time attack level, <laughs> they're not fine. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's that type of mentality of knowing where you can keep things affordable, where you can't. And a lot of 
what like what you were what he was just talking about was you found a good chunk of labor we could cut out of those mm-hmm. and streamline the process yeah and continually doing that is how we're able to keep our prices low on everything yeah yeah and, uh, and as we grow as a business what's great is we can we've been able to invest in equipment and mm-hmm. you know part of the reason people have to take on multiple roles is we can't have an R&D team. We're not big enough where, oh, there's just one suspension guy. Oh, no, there's one yeah. brake guy. Oh, there's right. one engine guy. Like, we can't do that. We all we have will, to know. We have to pick up the slack, you know? Yep. Yeah. I don't think any of us would like to operate that way anyway. No, no I wouldn't like to be stuck in a sink. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, Adam Wagner. He, li- he loves his job. He works for uh, Hyundai, but, or Kia. I don't know. I never know. But all he does all day is program transmissions. And that is it. Just every day, he's on the dyno, One, changing uh, shift points, milliseconds here and there, and like he he likes his job, but it's n- it's not this, you know, it's not here. You're involved in everything, and one thing I think uh, my mine and Tyler's favorite thing to do is is <clears throat> take a product for maybe a different application, or maybe two different applications, and we already have the stuff here in house on hand, fittings maybe or a yeah. bracket of some sort, and then we we conglomerate all these pieces and make a new product out of stuff we already had here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> is fun. It's satisfying because it's like, yeah, we have this and this and yeah, now we have a new product. I mean, that's what two thirds of the entry level kit was. Yeah. <laughs> we had a turbo adapter plate and you're like, well, why don't we make Let's a whole just kit? make some charge pipes and lines and send this out. Yeah. And here we are. Now we're putting it on goblins and freaking everything now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also uh, not a big goblin fan. Not a big goblin fan. No. After yeah, stay dri- tuned after- on social media. We got a really nice goblin in here. After Shout driving outs. one. Shout outs to Scott Geyer. Um, brought us a nice goblin in for an entry level. Uh, it yeah. is nice. It's a great <laughs> vehicle. Scary fast. Yeah, rocket ship. It was scary fast on gate pressure. Yeah. I, <laughs> it doesn't need any more. <laughs> yeah, now imagine Justin's. Oh, at like 600 horse. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No wonder he only takes it to the road course. Well, no, he he goes and he flogs it on the street, too. Yeah, he's had it at the Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I like metal around my head. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, a lot of our products come to life just by, you know, working within our resources. And, uh, I mean, like, for example, the brake kit on the GXP comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, shoot, the exhaust on the GXP comes to mind. Uh, and I mean, how much do we have to do before we could release that kit? Yeah, it was just a day of tinkering <laughs> around with parts we had. And two like, two exhaust first. adjustments. Yeah. We were good to go. But you being a 3800 and a W-body specialist brought that to our attention. I mean, we've made a downpipe for GXPs for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. A long time. But we've never had a cat back. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until somebody was like, Hey, <laughs> W body cat back. Hey, you Come missed on. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you look at that? Oh, yeah, there now we are. All the Impala LS4 guys are going to be like, you missed me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, all six of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were those super popular cars or no? I don't know. I mean, they're. I not. feel like the GXP was far more popular. Yeah. Although Amani, the old Mani, or not old, but. Seventh gen or eighth gen money SSs, I think were still my favorite. What's really cool is like uh, uh, we had an ATSV customer bring his car by today, and it seems like all of our ATSV guys have had a Grand Prix. Like they came, <laughs> yeah, they came to us because back yeah. in the day they had a Grand Prix, 
And I really can connect with all of them. I appreciate <laughs> it because <laughs> they all are like, yeah, man. You yeah. Know, they're, they're, we're, we work out their ATSB. You, you guys are a different kind of people. <laughs> well, all I'm like is cool. I'm going to have an ATSB. Most <laughs> <laughs> like the trajectory of This is where that leads. 12 years from now? Okay. All right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, I seen that GXP out front. I'm like, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> like, and, you know, we they can still appreciate a W body. Oh yeah, they all do. They all have the best stories. I mean, I think yeah, that was a that was a great time. Yeah, uh, for modding cars and ZZP. I mean, I think it brings a lot of brought a lot of all of our platforms together. And now they either have you know an ATS or a V or mm-hmm. even I, an Ecotech. I feel like a lot of the. Uh, Cobalt dudes move into ATSs. Mm-hmm. That seems like a natural progression. Uh, oh. And then the Sonic, I don't know where the Sonic people are going to go yet. A, a lot of the ones that, I, that talk to me regularly have bought Cobalts. Okay. So it's like their step up into a Cobalt, and then, you know, who knows yeah, where they'll go Yeah, because I can there. see that. You get a Sonic, and it's uh, all the GM goodiness, manual, turbo, and then but you, it's mod it, you mod it, and then, <laughs> and then you realize you need that 2-liter. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yep. And what's cool is you could have, like, a fully built Sonic for a daily, and then have an Ecotech race car. Mm-hmm. Or I'd say Ecotech. Yeah, or really like a weekend Ecotech. car, you know. Yeah. Whatever you, you want it. a Delta chassis race car. Yep. Ashley went ATS. Yep, she did. <laughs> yeah, us 3800 guys, we uh, we stick with the V6, boosted V6. Yeah. <laughs> I fixed my ignition switch recall with a fuel tank. I was going to say, we just delete them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't speak to this much myself, uh, but I know all of you guys, you know, daily driving platform cars, that's another great way. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. What components we want to develop next, come up with, or what yeah. you guys managed to break, or... Um, just having that detailed eye of hey we can make this better or we can do this or how can we make the platform and and it's other people within the company getting into platform cars that also bring an extra head like tim tim beak just got a base model cobalt Mm -hmm. and he's like i want this part and this part and this part and this part oh we don't make any of those for the base model okay well we better start and i mean i've been a base model boy the whole time and yeah we're underrepresented guys that are watching i have a feeling (laughs) (laughs) there's gonna be some things happening yep that is funny stay tuned my my brain's been uh touching on that subject for a while now and a decent power (sighs) it's it's a new challenge it is yeah um we're we're getting ready to put together an na3800 too so all you na guys are going to be satisfied this i asked bo what it would rev to and he said something like 5500 and i was like (laughs) eight you mean (laughs) i definitely didn't say (laughs) i know i don't i think he said 6500 what why (laughs) take it to eight that's what i'm saying (laughs) you can't push rolls to eight (laughs) yeah you can and we know how we know how yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) who's this customer i need to have a chat with them No, it's our car. Oh, that gr- the, the silver one? car. The silver car. Heck yeah, turn that thing up. Yep, Matt yep. handed me the cam yesterday. said, make it happen. I said, yes, sir. It's going to get a cam. It's going to get some valve springs, and maybe you know an HV4. Have, it's going to have the best sounding exhaust out there. It is. The it's going to have cars, an... you can't really hear it. That thing is going to sing, man. Intake yeah. noises and that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> yep. That's got the OG equalizer on that car. Oh, the mm-hmm. prototype. Yeah. 
prototype. Before it got so, busted. <laughs> Super busted. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good uh, good jumping off point. You know, h- how does our process work? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody brings up an idea. Say, like... F around to find out. Uh, yeah. But we don't go straight to milling out a billet piece. Uh, a big help lately for the last two years has been uh, Trevor and his 3D printing. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, yeah, don't forget Trevor and the 3D printer. It's so true. much easier and affordable to make a plastic piece of whatever you may be producing to test fit. Uh, we are working on our F35 upper trans mount. Mm-hmm. And we've, if you guys have seen, our new Cobalt upper engine mount and our Sonic upper engine mount are very similar. Uh, and Tim C designed them that way so they could be modular. So we use one main piece and then the base changes and then the fingers or the ears, wherever it connects to the engine or trans changes as well. So we can at least keep one and the bushings all the same. So Tim's working on the F35 upper trans mount. He says, okay, you know, uh, Trevor here, I've got a model. Trevor whips it up on the 3d printer. Then we test it on the car. Okay. It's an eighth inch off here. If we were to make that part out of billet every time, We'd be wasting a lot of money. A lot of money. For sure. And it goes back to, you know, that stopping production when we're doing that. And yep. also the cost of steel and aluminum is through the roof right now. So Yeah, I think the value of not having to stop the mill may be worth even more than just the material cost difference. Totally. <laughs> Probably. The what you can't get away from drawing the model. You have to do that. Right. Whether you're three D printing it or CNC machining mm-hmm. it, you've got to draw the model. So if you can then move that next step to 3D printing, oh, yeah, it's kind of slow. But if it's like, well, you have it printing overnight, you come in yeah. the next morning, it's ready to test. Yeah. It's super it, efficient. It works out pretty well. Yeah. Very. And I can't and, wait for the day that metal printers are affordable. Oh, I know, right? Like, you've seen some of the stuff that Randy has shown you. Gosh, yeah. They're making 3D printed pistons now and 3D printed rods and all that. Like, but you can use them in a like in an engine mm-hmm. and withstand all those forces. That's pretty. That's mm-hmm. pretty neat. It's neat. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen like the 3D printing pens you can get now too. That they're full of filament and you just draw. <laughs> so you can just draw whatever you want. So like you can draw in 3D. Uh huh. <laughs> it's finally here. <laughs> the future. <laughs> Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> Bing bong. Bing bong. In fact, talking to 3D printers, that's a cool thing. Uh, you know, we've just bought a new 3D printer. We've bought out. Mm-hmm. We, Trevor was using his own personal one here for yeah. a while, and we we're seeing, you know, how much use are we getting out of this thing, and and uh, we saw the value in it. We bought out on a on a bigger machine, big one, yeah, uh, more capability, and yeah. <laughs> that's the sweet thing uh, about how you guys, you know, the more products you buy from us, the money gets put into, you know, buying new equipment, mm-hmm. buying the CNC machines, buying the tube bender, getting more guys here. Yep. That and yeah, I, the the reinvestment in this company is f- phenomenal. I, I've always talked about that, you know, and it comes from Zoom. Zoom is a person he's not into material things. He everything that we make here and he makes, he puts back into Z P. And that's how we've been able to continue to expand and we're at fifty employees now and we're still going. And the only reason we're only at fifty is our building. If we didn't, if we had more space, mm-hmm. we would have two more CNC machines, and we would have two more du- or another dude running those. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great to see that the administration and everyone wants to see more 
from us for what we're making more for our customers it, it you really can't find it yeah there's else. there's no coasting here mm-hmm not allowed. We're, we're on the limiter all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And figuratively. <laughs> yep. And that just drives also into the engineering and, and our kind of foundational ethos is we all want to do well. We all, we want the company to succeed. We know how much enjoyment we get out of vehicles. We just want to provide that to the end user as well. Yeah. We really mm-hmm. care about that. We want When you receive stuff, it looks good when you pull it out of the box. It's easy to install and you get noticeable gains. Like we're, we're all about that. The same thing that we want when we buy car parts ourselves. And when we are buying those parts for our own personal vehicles and we get excited for them, it just makes it that much easier. Yeah, yeah. you'd think yeah, you wouldn't be excited working here, but I'm still just as excited. Oh my gosh, every time yeah. I get a new part? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the mentality of working here. There's so much we could just sit here and ramble we'll about. Babble about, but like, yeah. Going back to the R&D meetings, like the... Just the way we interact here is so unprofessional sometimes, <laughs> but it works because we're friends and we're like a second family. So there's been times in a meeting where someone comes up with some idea and I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> and then we figure out why I think it's stupid and uh-huh. maybe I might be wrong. Yep. Like, it happens. But just that type of interaction, I think, helps even more because... I feel like, at least for me, people are, are less afraid to speak up. Yeah. Like, no one's going to be mad at you mm-hmm. if you if you call someone out or tell them that you think that an idea needs to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I think that helps a lot with it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, get shot down on so many <laughs> Yeah. You, you get a beating sometimes. <laughs> but uh, every once a month, maybe. Something works out. Yeah, hey, dude, we're making two <laughs> parts right now. Yeah, we so, are. Yeah, it's, it's Grimace is in there getting some uh, yeah. nice little things in loving. 3,800 boys. Yeah, I wish. We're, <laughs> we ain't forgot about you. Absolutely not. They're, they're a really important platform to this business. And I, I think the cool thing is, I would say, what, 90% of people wrench on their own projects yeah. outside of work yeah. who are in that R&D meeting. You know, of all varying levels. Mm-hmm. Either people are racing at the weekends or people are diving into, I mean, I'm doing old muscle stuff. Right yeah, now. you, you know, got, like you got truck stuff. stuff. You know, Steve Hickman's working on his old old mobile. You know, he, now he's making a V8 Colorado out of hodgepodge, you know, trash picking parts. Like, And that thing's going to be fast. You know, I, uh, that's one thing I have yet to do is literally expand outside of um, – our platforms because every time I think about it or try, I'm like, like nope. why? Yeah, it's I'm why? Like, nope. Yeah, there's nope. no point. Uh-uh. Dude, I wish you still had your eye on. I yeah, really I do. Oh, I got so one. Does I, loved, he. I loved seeing you. I got one on for you if you want it. Okay. 2K. Oh. Yeah. It's got a nice hood on it, too. Hood? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I was telling Tim yesterday I need another iron. Huh? <laughs> Here, let me pull it up. So nice we got one. a CF hood? Uh, I believe so. I saw a carbon fiber ion hood on a car for sale the other day, and I was like, oh, why can't you just part out? How do you get, I feel like an old person, how do you get back to Marketplace? I see somebody asking Don't for ask a stealth me. heat exchanger for a red line. It's, uh, oh, it's from it's the on book the, face It's app. on the list. Not from Messenger. Yeah. And drop turbo blanket soon. Tyler, where are we at? Technology. Turbo blankets. Springs. We're waiting on springs. Right on springs. Yep. Yeah, we got oh, the blankets here. I was going to say, it is spring. What are you waiting on? <laughs> I'm waiting for the season to change to come out with a product. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, well, we're just waiting on turbo blanket springs, and then those will be ready. We'll have those for the uh, 
Z series and ZFRs for the Ecotech first, and, and then, then and then the LTG versions. Yep. Yeah. Going down the line. Oh, would you look at that? What's really cool about those turbo oh, blankets is uh, yeah. it's a leper year, but um, yeah. you know, if you try and slap oh, an, a generic one on, you can hinder the <clears throat> wastegate travel or mm. a slew of other things that you run into. So mm-hmm. having a bolt-on turbo or bolt-on. <laughs> Spring on, spring on, yeah. <laughs> uh, turbo blanket that is designed specifically for that turbo is going to be really nice, mm-hmm. especially with the Ecotex uh, turbo location. I don't think it's great, you know, for as much no. heat goes. No, it's not. So any and underhood temps, they anything to keep underhood temps down. Um, I've seen significant improvements in IET or intake air temps. Sorry, with. Uh, just wrapping exhaust like headers yeah mm-hmm. i wrapped my headers back in the day on my grand prix and i think i the iet's dropped like 30 or 40 degrees <clears throat> dang ain't bad which is I, huge yeah yeah uh, yeah especially massive. on a in like uh, 300 yeah and um the my turn my current turbo car i got a because of the z3 turbo kit the um intake runs right over top of the turbo so mm-hmm. you know it's, i got a turbo blanket on that but you can take dumps down product. help your spool on your turbo yeah keep all that heat in there mm-hmm. oh yeah i did tune the hood right off of mike's car he did at highway speeds yeah we were out doing a rip in this tbs car in mexico of course <laughs> and i'm staring at the laptop and he's just giving her the beans and i hear this loud noise and i and like everything goes dark for a split second and then it's normal and i'm like what what happened i look at him and he's looking at me looking in the mirrors like my hood flew off <laughs> and you look in the rear view and it's just <laughs> we were well into triple digits and it's just <laughs> that's the, the thing on aftermarket hoods man you the yeah the layers them. separated yep and the top half is gonzo Yep. Oh, there's JPL. He's going to ask, uh, ask Bowen if he can get those silver wheels. <laughs> every every video he's commented Man. on lately. I had a local guy want to buy them the other day, and I told him a price, and he's like, okay. I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually want to sell them. No. Well, that was like you came to me, and you gave me a price for the ion, and I said, crap. Crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's all right. <laughs> the car was back here the other day. It was good to see it. Yeah. One thing I think we need to let known, uh, let be known to our customers through talking about engineering today, uh-huh. we beat each other up on how much, how cheaply we can make something inefficiently. <laughs> yep. Like we mm-hmm. argue that, especially like Tim C. Oh my goodness, man. Like we beat on each other about how can we make this the best possible product for the most, most affordable price yep. for the end user. And there's always something. Mm-hmm. There's always something you can find, and and the more produced a part is going to be, the bigger of an impact it has. Yeah. So like yeah. on a high volume part, it may be worth the time it takes to shave a dollar yeah. off of the labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, and there's a lot of products too that, uh, like Steve Choi, he's he does all our ordering and it helps with <coughs> Craig with kitting. Uh, you know, a lot of these products need to be kitted into boxes or uh, assembled into a full unit, and that requires manpower as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if you th- say, oh, yeah, here's 10 different pieces, they're all good to go, and then you throw them at these guys, and you're like, here, put them in a box, make them make sense, then, you know, they might not know. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to the kitting guys. Those guys are very efficient at 
what they do, and mm-hmm. they know all the parts in and out because they touch all of <laughs> all of yeah. them. And what's so really cool is I I love when they run in, you know, to Al or me or you or Ryan mm-hmm. or anybody, whoever. Hey, what's up with this? Does it look right? Is this how is you know is this a, how it's expected mm-hmm. to be? Um, uh, is this going to be a problem? Is that going to be a problem? Because you know they might not have a car, mm-hmm. and so that you know. I've noticed that, like, as our kidding team has kind of developed over the past few years, is that more frequently, and, and this is just giving credit to the guys we have on that crew now, um, they're familiar enough with the stuff that they know if something, a lot of times if something looks wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or if, if the finish is bad or something's machined wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, the, they handle the parts often enough that if one comes in and it looks a little different, and they, they don't out. just throw it in the bag. They, they go and find someone that is involved with that part and be like, hey, this doesn't look right. Is this good enough? Can I and, send and, this and, to and the I customer? And I really appreciate when stuff like that happens because that saves an email or a phone call we have to have with a customer that accidentally got something wrong. Yeah. And what yep. I've seen from that crew is that they want to see the stuff under the hood. They want to see where the part goes. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I just need to know a part number and I need to know what goes with another part number in a box. Mm-hmm. They want to know how it functions. They want to know where it goes under the hood. Yeah. Like, well, if they the know interest how it... from that current crew is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, they, they, that's a good one right now. If they know how it functions, you know, that gives them a lot better grasp on how to, you know, making sure it's right. And you know, Right, like say they're kitting up a PCV kit. If they understand how the kit works and what car it goes on, and how it goes in the car, then they have a mental picture of it's going to need this many lines, and they're going to be about this long. What way the fittings orientated. Right. Yep. Uh, Ryan Kearney, I'm going to grab your question. Yes, the entry-level turbo kit is 110% worth it. Uh, Most people will never use what the full... LSJ Complete Swap Kit can make. Uh, while it's plenty of fun, you can make a ton of power on the entry-level kit. I mean, I made 400 wheel on a bone stock lawn block, bone stock exhaust, E85. Bone stock intercooling. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even have any cooling mods. And Well, I mean, I made 400 once. Yeah, that is true. It'd probably make 370 on the uh, <laughs> back-to-back pole, but... But all of your supercharged mods, all your cooling mods can be applicable to that. And if you've got a nice cooling setup, you're going to make a lot of reliable horsepower for a very affordable price. It's, the, just, it's the best. I do recommend going straight to the stage two, though. Yep. Yeah, skip the, skip the KO4. Yep, Z54. Because if you don't, you will later. <laughs> just, just save a few bucks now. <laughs> yeah, you will. You will. You'll have a taste of the turbo life and mm-hmm. then go, oh, it's, it's a gateway I, drug. Should have spent the extra 600 on that Z54. <laughs> if there was a spelling bee that you had to lose, <laughs> I bet Jason, Jason could win. win. <laughs> we love you, Jason. Uh, Mike sent me, he spelled break the wrong way. Everyone always says breaks and spells it. B-R-A-K-E, yeah. and he spelled it the wrong way. He was trying to use, yeah. Double wrong. Double wrong. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> hey, Pooper409, if you want to sell that TVS, yeah, I'll take it. I don't. <laughs> I ain't want it. Says the guy who's just preaching the entry level. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Do as I say, not as but I do. But it's different, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like blowers right now. I'll get back in a turbo car and like it again. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You just uh, mentioned fittings, Tyler. It made me think, like, our fuel systems right now mm-hmm. are too expensive. The fins are too expensive. Like, yep. the AN line fittings, like, one of our kits, ATS uh, fuel feed line kit, has just been released. The 180 bend on that, super expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
what's kind of cool is we also have these numbers in our head where we all kind of click and like that kid's too expensive yep. like we need to how can we cut the cost so mm-hmm. we're working like we invest the time if one fitting's 20 bucks and we can get it for 10 bucks somewhere else we're yeah. going to find out how to do that and yep. we're going to push that saving onto the uh, end user yep. mm-hmm. yeah my favorite part too about the meeting isn't a fitting or something or you know a new billet piece or whatever it may be we bring it in and we set it on the table and then everybody <laughs> passes it around and we just fiddle it yeah like what do you think what do you think <laughs> yeah try it out try it out put the bolts in put the bolts in man oh yeah oh, and ooh, we're just nice. a bunch of nerds we're like yeah the thread engagement is really good on this. <laughs> oh, this is great. oh i felt a catch there <laughs> this bolt has a radius on it <laughs> this is stuff that really happens and we do we nerd yeah. out about really and then you know somebody's in there is like mm, i don't like this <laughs> I don't like that. That, that little part. <laughs> and normally the person that designed it at that point is like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? I spent a week on this. <laughs> Two weeks. Well, I think it's dumb. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yeah, Noah, you can uh, email me. You don't have a base model, do you? Who are you talking to? Noah Hammock said his uh, uh, long tubes are hitting his coolant elbow. And the only thing I can think of is a L61 has a different thermostat housing. But mm. how do you go about making products for new platforms? Ah, okay. So Good this question. is a, a great question. Thanks, Cruise Missile. Um, hey, Matt, Chevalier. Uh, so I guess we'll go back to kind of our, our latest big platform was the ATS. You know, they came out in 2013. And at the time, we were, I think... We had like six ATSs on site. So, yeah, the, w- where we start is getting get one, a car. Get one mm-hmm. or six. Yeah, one or six, yeah. you know, anywhere in between. <laughs> yeah, if it's Sonic, we might. And uh, <laughs> we actually, even more recently, our, our Model 3. We got the Model 3, and Zoom's been huge into Teslas, and he said, I want everyone to drive this. So he passed the keys around to everyone who's related to any sort of product development, and he, except for Al. And yeah, I don't he, like electric. It scares me. <laughs> uh, and You'll he go said, 180 Here. miles an hour. And I'm not saying it makes ion. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Our brains are weird. Yeah. Um, and he said, okay, you know, what don't you like about it? And what can we make better? Immediately, one of our biggest thing was ride height because yeah. you know we're we car guys, low, so we got to get it low. <laughs> <laughs> so we started working on coilovers and lowering springs. But then on top of that, it was oh, it seems to push a lot. It's really heavy in the front. Where do you go from there? Bigger rear sway bar. That's in development. So it's it's really just OEMs make cars for the general public. Even if they're a performance-oriented model, they still have to appeal to your 65-year-old Jim Bob who's buying it and who's going to cruise 70 down the highway. You know, we are the one percenters that will take it, we'll thrash on it, we'll get the tires to de-bead and, like, you know, (laughs) almost roll it over. (laughs) But we start from there and we say, okay, hop in it. What sucks? Mm -hmm. What sucks about this? You know, man, manual cars, you get in and the shifter's too long or if it's too sloppy or whatever. And then, then we start taking things apart. Uh, Zoom's Model S, that his Model S Plaid that he got, 
he brought it in and he says, I, I don't really like the suspension. So we get up under there and we're just kind of looking. You just, sometimes that's all you can do is look at it. Sometimes all you can do is just look at it. And then, and then you make observations. I mean, uh, the, the model three and the plaid bumper has these two little tiny slits mm, right yes. on the edge. And we're just standing there looking at it. And it's like, well, what does that do? Well, it clearly channels the air somewhere. So you follow the path and then, uh, then the and wheels then off. Al dives into three nights worth of wormhole <laughs> research onto what these things are and exactly. what they do and how I can incorporate them into my top speed half mile right. car. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm going to do now. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we don't make body parts here, but there, there are. At least not pretty ones. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to have full platform understanding. Yeah. And we want to be, you know, if specialists and then, and, uh, and yeah we then you follow that and you get up in the wheel well and you're looking at the spring and then there's a weight on the control arm and we just stand there and we're like well what in the world could that be for okay well it's obviously something probably harshness or vibration or, or you know can we delete that you know we like to make things lighter which is easier to make things faster so especially with a tesla yeah, it's kind of all That's you can do. That's kind of all you yeah. can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And switching back to combustion engines, it's like, well, we know people are going to make want to going to want to make more power at some point. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. given. So it's like, okay, well, let's start juicing something up. Yeah. What can we get to on a stock turbo? Okay, yeah. what if we put another turbo? Yep. Where does the engine last? And we're kind of thick in with that with the ATSV right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a prototype turbo kit, and it's, you know, where are we getting with that? Where's the motor? starting to cause issues yeah it's in and by now it's it's starting to become common knowledge that the stock turbo limit is kind of the limit for the engine if you're really zinging those if you've got meth and e85 and all that i mean stock turbo cars are making upwards of 650 almost 700 horsepower with a boatload of torque with a lot of torque Mm -hmm. so you know this engine comes from the factory with forged titanium rods and pistons and while we've never seen a failure there we see failures in other areas so Mm -hmm. then we take it back to the drawing board and we go all right what what can we do you know and we're just a bunch of dudes but we can somehow end up with a, a, a some pretty great products which is pretty cool but gm is typically not doing that they're getting it to a level where okay this is fast. Everyone can enjoy it, but it can also last two hundred thousand miles. Absolutely. So they're not they're not thinking. Yeah. How do we make seven hundred horsepower of this little V six? <laughs> and we want to say, well, how do we make a thousand? <laughs> yeah. But how do we go up? Driver reliability. Right? Yeah. It's going to be turnkey. You can commute in it. You can drive it, and you can beat on it, and it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good standard, though. Uh, I'd say any of our platforms. If we can't double the factory horsepower, we're not doing it right. Yeah, <laughs> double or quadruple. Or, you know? or, yeah, much more. But, uh, ba- yeah. Basically, every... We're well past triple in the Sonic. Yeah, we are. <laughs> every every basic build, you know, something that the consumer is going to drive to work every day is easily double the factory horsepower yep. with usually reliability. not much stuff. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, keeping it reliable so someone can drive their fun car all the time. I think GM's really good at uh, um, uh, leaving a lot on tap, and then we get in there and untap it. And it, it's showing less and less. Definitely. Uh, you know, like when the LNF came out and a tune could pick up like 100 foot pounds, that was huge. Yeah. And then you get into a Sonic. Well, granted, it's a generator engine, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> but 
you throw a tune on it and you pick up 20 to 40 horse and yeah. and you know it's their efficiency goals are definitely making our job harder but yeah yeah um it, it's certainly nothing we can't work around you know um is the biggest thing is just airflow and fuel yeah <laughs> yeah turbo size and and al worked tirelessly on on the one four because and that's another thing that Gosh, i'll, I'll that come in long summer one one great thing about ZZP is someone will get to a point and say, that's it. That's all you can do. And someone else, usually Zoom, will say, no. <laughs> no, you can't just stop. Unacceptable. You can't stop there. And as everyone knows, if someone says impossible, we make it happen. It was going to be it's impossible to, say that would to get to 300 horse on a 1.4. Yeah, when when we started that project, like low two hundreds was it? Yeah, that's what you're gonna get. That's what those cars make. Yep, that was it. Uh, yes, Mitchell, Wrong. we have almost tripled LTG p- power. We've made over six fifty, and they on they put quadrupled LSJ power. They they put down to the wheels about two two hundred to two twenty. Uh, yeah, quadrupled LSJ, uh, tripled LRF. What does, I was what saying stock double series for what two. you can drive to work every day, not what we race. Yeah, what's a <laughs> what's a stock L67 make? At the tire? Yeah, at the tire. Like 195 horsepower. So we've quadrupled that, if not. Jeez. It's guarantee it's more than 5X at the crank. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was being very, very. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I get what you were saying, and and that's why I said like double make is that reliable, reliable level. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like someone can drive a four hundred wheel LSJ all day, every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we did. I did for yeah. years. <laughs> and it, what we're we planning with the one four right now? Yeah. I mean, like double. I don't necessarily want to give numbers, but it's going to be daily drivable because that Sonic easily double. I think a bolt on. Daily Low driver, 100s. manual trans, 300 horse Sonic is going to be a fairly common thing mm-hmm. by Within this time year. next year. Yep. Oh yeah, all day, every day. Like I can't, I can't wait till we and it's going to be the first one together for a couple. Oh, I know. Oh, people are going to be gonna blow so because <laughs> it really is a completely different car. Oh, entirely. It sounds different. It, like go from the red Sonic to the blue turd. <laughs> completely different because a, a v3 is it's a fun little daily but that's kind of where it stops you know we we ran uh 12 8 12 9 9 12 9 yeah 12 9 on a v3 i did F- five seconds <laughs> he did <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's it's a it's a fun daily. You like to rip around in it. You throw our new turbo on, and it is actually like a fast car. Yeah, at it's that got point, big turbo feel. To it, it does. That's when I when I started going through the turbo upgrade steps uh, was when I had switched to having Tyler drive the car, and one of the things he kept saying was. It's actually fast on the back end now. Yeah. Because with the small stock frame turbo, pretty much you, you hit fourth gear and you're just waiting for the end of the track. Yep. You just. But once once we started finding the choke points and getting some decent power out of that thing, it, it back halves like crazy. Woo. Now it's it's starting to get scary. <laughs> yeah. Now as you experience that on the street, it's like you're merging onto a highway and you're like. Oh, you're freaking moving. Yeah, you're moving. <laughs> you can you keep up the with some good like, cars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Is it Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, how many neutrals are acceptable? Well, if it's a four T, probably all of them. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh, and Mitchell, I, I don't know why you uh, deleted your comment, but Alan Mayo's Camaro, we made 650 back in 2018, 2019. It was a couple of years ago, uh, but we plan to take Matt's L- LTG to uh, quadruple digits. Yeah, yeah we have was, the Tuba. We have I'm the not Turbo. Sure. We have I the don't tuba. think Mayo's car has ever raced at that level. No, it didn't. It no. was the the highest. The ten three pass was on mid five hundreds, and as soon as we is turned that what it up, it makes now. Yeah, I made five seventy the other day. Just pit puddle. Piddling around. Yeah. yeah when, when we turned it, because on the dyno, there's, for those of you guys that don't know, when you're on the dyno, there's less inertia fighting the acceleration of the drivetrain. And so you can kind of, the parts will last a little longer on the dyno than they will on a sticky track. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to make more power than the car raced at on the dyno. Uh, but once we turned it past the mid 500, that's when the drivetrain stuff started breaking at the track. Yep. So it hasn't gone down the strip on full power. And that's a perfect example. Uh, Matt was destroying axles, and then we got better axles in the car, and then he was destroying drive shafts, and then, well, Alan did a lot of work himself. He switched that car over to an 8L90 out of the V8 cars, and now he's got, I don't know, some fancy drive shaft in it. But, like, that, that car is going to go really fast. Matt's LTG is going to go really fast. But uh, especially trying to stage a big turbo automatic car, where you got to get up on the converter, get up on boost. On a fairly tight factory converter. And you're sitting there, you know, making 600 foot-pounds through a drive shaft that's sitting there, like, <laughs> squeezing for every inch of its life, you know. Yes, Mitchell, it's a stock block forged DCP internals. Yes, stock actual head, block. Stock head, too, actually. Stock Just crank. Valve springs and cams. Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> F-35 is bad. <laughs> Yeah, F thirty five. You you really gotta drive it gentle. Don't pull a bow you know, and no lift shift it. Second gear just parties. Second gear does party, but when you, you no know lift a third, don't. so much fun. <laughs> Second gear is so. Fun I bet the guys work. who were involved in upgrading the LSJ into the LNF were the same guys that made the F-35. Yeah. Like, remember that time where we made something better, but it was actually worse? <laughs> let's, let's do that again. <laughs> let's do it. Let's try it. <laughs> uh, My suggestion would be, if you're going to make anything over 350 wheel, look into an F-40. If, if you want to really drive your car, yep. if you get wanna, an F-40. If you, yep. Yep. It, it sucks that you it's just, a limitation, but you, you have to. Yeah. And they're still... Just be glad that we have an option that bolts in. Mm-hmm. Most platforms don't. Yeah. You're going several thousand deep into upgrading everything about whatever your stock trans is. Yeah, like Neon SRT4s. You have a stock trans that will destroy third gear every time you drive it or fully billet everything. Yep. And that's, so you're looking at 10 grand. That's basically how 3800 is. <laughs> yep. And... uh yeah, we were. we're st- that's still always on the back burner of things to address as far as engineering. But and it is that's another great thing is we have the people passionate about it that it keeps getting brought up. And while we've, uh, I mean, Zoom's talked about we've dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into 4T research and trying to make it better, and we're still where we're at. But uh, it, it, it doesn't it mean get, something's not going to come It gets along brought up five years. every few months. You know, we kind of get re-sparked on that conversation, and maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day. 
Yeah, uh, a pair of these old test rigs that we've got kind of hidden oh, yeah. somewhere. I'm like, it'd be kind of fun to get that stuff out again. Uh, so we're on the last like five minutes, and I'll, we'll grab some questions here. Uh, cruise missile, the 3.6, the NA. Uh, from what we hear, they don't take much power. Uh, it's really just not a big mod market, mm-hmm. which, you know, we probably could have made it a big mod market but starting with a two liter with a turbo is a lot easier than an na36 i know after having an na here there's a lot of differences between a the lot. NA and the turbo motor it's not it's not like you can just bolt the turbos on no the all drain the coolant light i mean there's even the uh bolt holes on the turbo uh on different hole centers so. yeah yeah jay said it perfectly up there 350 with e with an f35 above that it gets scary 400 <laughs> if you're careful with it is exactly right yeah up. your granny shifting it uh let's see what's up with the dual mass flywheel for the f40 uh basically any gm uh, manual that came out after the lnf so regals uh even sonics have a dual mass flywheel they're super heavy uh, but they absorb almost all of the noise and vibration and harshness that comes along with a manual. Yeah, they're a lot quieter. So any old grandma can get in a cruise manual and drive it down the road. Yeah. Uh, it makes engaging the clutch, clutch a lot, lot easier, but you obviously have your performance downfalls, uh, rotating mass, all that. Yeah, I love the all of our lightweight flywheels. There's such an improvement. If you're a car guy looking to drive sported, <laughs> sporty and shift, and you, I mean, you get in an LSJ even, and it's just like boom. Mm-hmm. boom. And those aren't even dual mass. Those are just then you, regular heavy steel flywheels. Yeah, yeah. you put a lightweight, and it's like boom, boom, boom. Oh yeah, it's like a little dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jason asked, uh, "What's the word on the blue car?" Well, we were <sighs> shooting video yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, everything. I think he was referencing a different blue oh, car. So ah. your car, the the smash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, what's up, T Bone? Yeah, T Bone. Oh. Yeah. T Bone Tyler. Yep. So. <laughs> T Bone Tyler. So like, it looks pretty good on that side and that. Oh, I know. You drive on the left bike. side, it's great. You drive on the right side, it's not. Uh, it's so, like, ah. unfortunately, this weekend I was turning left and uh, somebody stopped and then didn't stop and smashed right in right into the side of the blue car that's how they get you that's how they get you and uh it appears to be pretty much total loss uh, from the frame but the engine and the drivetrain is still good and i might be picking up another car this weekend oh yeah i gotta i gotta yell at, <laughs> talk to you about that I love it, Tyler. my commitment to these uh crap boxes is uh is unparalleled <laughs> you need to throw an lsj and a sonic man that'd be cool Nah. Nah. We got way better things to do. Tyler Tyler makes me feel so good about myself because he's equally committed to shitboxes. I I know. 3800s and LSJ is like, it's great. I'm really just, I sleep good at night knowing that I'm not alone. Um, JPL, all of our turbo kits come with a precision turbo, brother. Yep, 3800 ones. Not the good ones. (laughs) Not the big, big, big boy ones like Al likes, but uh, any... The Saturn McKid's plenty of turbo. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I, I gave you my offer. $14. That's that's what you said it was worth. That's what I'm offering. <laughs> Sounds fair. I've seen what he's done to it. Yep. Well, all right, guys. We are nearing 5 o'clock here. Uh, I really got to pee. Yep. So, and it's uh, Mr. Matt Meekoff's 
50th, 50th birthday. birthday. We're going to go birthday, uh, Matt. enjoy some cold ones with the, the Mr. Matt. With the boys. If anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to hit up the chat, but we're going to skedaddle out of here, and uh, we'll see you well, next yeah, week. Well, yeah, don't hit up the chat now. Yeah, next, next week. Next time. Or, or or email us. I don't know. Anyway. Email Tyler. Yeah, sure. Yep. Spam my inbox. Tyler. Tyler V is EZP. <laughs> if anyone knows any really good videos on how to drive a manual, you can send them to tyler.v at zzperformance.com. Christ! I can't oh escape it. <laughs> Driving manuals... Um, uh, driving courses for you know basic merging and traffic and crossing a lane. Yeah, <laughs> boy, getting it from every direction here. Damn, kick you, yeah. kick you wire down. Yeah. All right, we'll All see right, you guys. guys. Take Bye. it easy. Have a good weekend. Bye.